0: I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe that God will supply to you all that you need for the joy and the happiness and the blessing that He intends for you to walk in. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now today, let's take a look at the book of Leviticus chapter 23, and let's go to verse 34. I want to share just a few things about the Feast of Tabernacles, because it's coming up very, very soon. Leviticus 23, verse 34 The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles is called in Hebrew the Feast of Sukkot, and it centers around these little bitty tent-like structures that would be called booths, and they're called in the Hebrew the Sukkah. Praise the Lord. So this is a very happy festival. This is a time when almost all of the crops of Israel have been brought in. The only remaining crop that still perhaps being brought in would be the olives. But some of the Israelis would have already had their their olives harvested, and now they would be more into the pressing of the oil. But for some, because, you know, in different regions of the, of the land of Israel, some crops would mature a little faster than others, in some places they're still bringing that final harvest in. But Tabernacles is also a look back over all of the harvest of that year, the spring the summer, and now the final one, the fall harvest. So everything is in uh, with a few more things that are just rounding off. And it's a time of rejoicing because tabernacles is also getting all of that crop, Not, not just out of the field, but once it's harvested, now you've got to take care of it. And, the rain's coming. The latter rain is coming. So if you don't get it out of the rain, it's going to rot. So going up to the Feast of Tabernacles means you've got it all done. And you can relax. You can rejoice. Uh, you can praise the Lord. And it's just an absolutely wonderful time. Praise the Lord. Verse 40. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. So those little booths, the Feast of Booths, or as The English often says tabernacles, that is a small tent like temporary type structure that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord, your God. So they came out of the land of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness for all of those years living in temporary type structures So that is a reminder, a look back of God's faithfulness and where he brought them from to where he now has them at. Praise God. Now, it's important for us to understand that all of the feasts are fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, you have the Feast of Passover Christ fulfilled Passover because he is the sacrificial lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And then you have Pentecost and we all know what happened on Pentecost. It was the birth of the church. It was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Praise the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the one that immerses his people in the Holy Spirit. So we see Pentecost fulfilled through Christ and also we come up to the beautiful feast, the grand finale, the feast of tabernacles, and Christ has also fulfilled that feast as well. John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh. Now the word would be the name of Jesus before he ever came to earth in eternity past. As the second person of the Godhead deity, he was always known as the Word. That was his title, his name. So the Word became flesh. And that took place through Jesus being born through the Virgin Mary. Praise God, a supernatural birth. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in the Greek, which the New Testament is written in Greek, that Greek word right there for dwelt is actually the same Hebrew word for tabernacled. He dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. So here's God in a flesh and blood body walking around now on the earth, talking to people, ministering to people, and it is a fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ is the Feast of Tabernacles. Praise God, because he came and tabernacled among us. Hallelujah. Now, we also see further prophetic symbolism of this feast in the sense that it is the final in gathering where everything must be brought in. And we see a reflection of this. In the gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, in verse 14, where Jesus said, and this gospel, the good news, it's never bad news, it's good news. The good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Now, that's a big assignment. It will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. The end of that particular age will close out. But it's not going to happen until we preach the gospel to all of the world and we see some foreshadowing of that with the Feast of Tabernacles where all the fruit, the precious fruit of the earth, all those who God knows we'll receive His Son Jesus as their Savior. They're all going to be brought in, and many theologians would call it the great end-time harvest. And so we have all of this technology today, super-fast internet. We have television. We have the ability to print books at almost lightning-fast speed. We have so many various platforms that we could use to take the gospel to all the world, and we're going to do just that. Praise God. Now, I have shared with you that a major television network contacted my ministry and they asked me to create special programs that are evangelistic in nature that will be used to reach the lost. And when a door like that opens and uh, God's in that, you just have to go through the door. You have to step out in faith and go through it. So we have already record it. We didn't waste any time. We just finished at the studio recording six programs. Praise the Lord. And the network said, they said, Pastor Stephen, if you'll record them and create them, we will take them, now watch this, and we will play them through the months of November and December over and over again at no charge for the airtime to play them. So it it did take cost to create them because we go into our pure gold studio and not only do we have the cost for that. And we've already, we've already filmed them. They're actually in post-production right now, but we also uh, have it on the schedule to go back into the studio very soon so that we can record season three of pure gold, which is airing on these various networks and on this one particular. Now, as you know, those of you that watch the pure gold half hour television program, these new series that we, d- we have done, uh, Season 2 and also Season 3, every one of them has and everyone will have at the conclusion of the program an invitation for anybody watching who doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior to receive salvation through faith in the name of Jesus. So if you want to go fishing with me for, not fish, but for the souls of men, Hallelujah. Come on, jump on uh, this opportunity with me. And even as David in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 30, when he and the soldiers went off to attack the enemy that had stolen and plundered their goods there was a certain part of David's team that stayed back and watched the camp. But David made a rule. He said when he came back with all the spoil and plunder, he said, we're all going to share in this because we're all in this basically together. So my friends, when we get to heaven, let's have some reward on the other side where the Lord says, thank you for having my kingdom heart uh, at the forefront of your heart and going after souls and, and living for me. And you know what? We can do it. Praise God. We have a ministry goal of winning one million souls to the Lord, and we're not taking it lightly. We're going all out, and we're on various networks, and we're pushing on all fronts because, because this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. We're going to do it. It will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and the end will come. So let's get the job done. It's a big world, and I, I'm not... Um, over-exaggerating on this, there are millions upon millions who have never heard the gospel presented to them. They've never heard it presented in a very simple form at all. They don't know anything about the Bible. They don't know anything about Jesus. So come on, let's let's take it to them, the love of God, the good news. And so that is what we're connecting with on the Feast of Tabernacles on Sunday, October the 4th, between now and now, and then I'm asking you to sow your best seed so that we can record these new pure gold programs and that we can cover the cost for the programs we've just recorded and the ones that we're going to. And you know what? I, I'm believing also that we can have such a blessing come in through the Feast from Tabernacles offering that we can expand We can expand and be able to acquire more airtime and just keep preaching the gospel, keep preaching the gospel. And also at the conclusion of every program, throw the net and pull it in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. You know what? As we're doing this, God's opening the doors. So let's go through them. Thank you. Praise God. Now. If you would like to mail in your special Feast of Tabernacle Seed and also bring the tithe in and you want to do that uh, through mail, please send your tithe and your special seed to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. If you prefer to go online online, Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a header that's called projects. And if you click on that, you'll see that one of the projects, which is our focus right now, our, our primary focus is the feast of tabernacles, special offering seed. And this is for the, the covering of production cost, and also for the expansion of airtime so that we can literally take the gospel into these uh, remote places Uh, and not just remote places, but Oh, I mean, there's there's people in the big cities of the world, they've never heard it. Uh, we, we've just got to take it everywhere. So we're, we're blanketing as much as we can. So right now we have a potential viewing audience over 1 billion people. We're just going to keep pushing because there's over 7 billion people. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's just keep reaching and do our very best for the Lord. And let's celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles by honoring the Lord and uh, sowing this special seed and doing it for souls. And I'm praying and believing that God will bless you with his very best harvest multiplied back into in your life in the area where you need it the most praise god so father i pray for your people as they're praying and they're asking you what they should sow what they should do i thank you father that your holy spirit will impress upon their hearts what it is they're supposed to do and they'll by faith do that with great joy and rejoicing and i just thank you father god for a blessed feast of tabernacles that 7 day period that it will be so happy it starts on october 7th uh, excuse me october 2nd and goes through the 9th but father by the 4th they'll get that seed in and it'll be a very special time for them. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, the more we understand these feasts, the more we understand Christ, because everything in the Old Covenant is pointing towards Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and particularly these feasts, they're loaded with what the theologians would call typology. Or maybe you could use a more loose word like symbolism that we could see symbols and elements of these feasts that are referring to Jesus our Lord and Savior and we're going to dive a little deeper into that today also here in just a moment concerning the day of atonement so thank you for your special feast of tabernacle seed glory to God hallelujah thank you Jesus now let's go to the book of Leviticus today and we're going to be in chapter 23 Chapter 23, and we're going to drop down to verse 27, and we're going to discuss a little bit the Day of Atonement and how God wants us to draw near. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into your Word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scriptures so that we can understand them and so that we can take them and apply them to our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray And we all say amen. Now, the word today is going to build faith in your heart to experience everything that Christ purchased for you at Calvary in a particular area today. See, on that table of blessing of what Jesus made available for us, there are many choice and wonderful things. But as I'm teaching today, as the word goes forth, faith will be generated in your heart to partake of something special that's on that table for you at this now moment. Hallelujah. It's always there on the table, but faith will rise for you to get up and take it today. Mm -mm. Now, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 27. Also, the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. Now, the word atonement means to cover. So this is a day of covering, a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now, during this time in Israel, the whole nation pretty much shuts down. Now, of course, Israel learned, hey, uh, don't shut down the military. So the military is actually on high alert because that's the, the enemy, the, the devil. He never fights fair, and so he'll attack. Sometimes if you, if you ever try to take the break or, you know, relax, uh, you know, when there's the Lord's protection, He'll give you refreshing. But remember, you always still have to keep your guard up. So Israel, the whole as a nation, is pretty much shut down on the Day of Atonement. Even Jews that would be, uh, how can we say, it? non-orthodox. In other words, you have a lot of secular Jews in Israel. And what I mean by secular is that although they're Jewish, they have no interest in God. And they're, they're not afraid to tell you that. You know, some of them, they just want to make a bunch of money, and they want to enjoy life. And uh, that, that to them is all life is about. But you have you know the Orthodox Jews that are uh, scholars and students of the Old Testament. And they take things like this, of course, very, very seriously. But the whole nation has an identity that is able to connect with the Day of Atonement is very special to the Jewish people, and as we have understanding of that, then we can see more fully the beauty and the marvel of what Christ has made available to us. Um, just a couple of days ago, uh, Pastor Kelly was talking with somebody that was doing some work at our home, and uh, he said, "Well, can I come back on Monday?" and And finish it. She said, no. She said, "Uh, Monday is Yom uh, Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, uh, we won't be working. He said, uh, now he's an evangelical Christian. uh, And I don't know how long he's been in church. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's been in church, raised in church most of his life. But he said, what's that? What's Yom uh, Kippur? What is that? Uh, Kelly said, "Uh, well, that's the Day of Atonement. He said, Well, what's that? And he, he didn't understand. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is that while Christ is the fulfiller of all of these Old Testament prophecies and feasts and special days, yet when you understand it, when you understand it, then you have a much fuller image of who Christ is and what he's accomplished and Not only what He accomplished, but what He has made available for us. That's why we need, as New Testament believers, to have very good understanding of the Old Covenant. Because it just really allows you to enjoy the New better. And it also helps you to see that the New is a whole lot better. Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Now, Yom Kippur, it begins on Sunday Sunday. Today, if you're watching this program on Sunday and begins at sunset, Sunday, September 27th, it begins at sunset. And it's going to end on Monday as the sun goes down. It's a 24-hour period. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's examine what actually took place on this special day. It was a very, very, or actually the most important day for the Jewish people in the Old Covenant It was the only day out of the entire year where the high priest was allowed by God to go into the Holy of Holies. And he did so with uh, a lot of trembling. He did so thinking, boy, I hope I get this right. Don't mess anything up. Because, you know, he wants to live. Uh, There would also be planned for the high priest a feast Afterwards, so that he could relax and, and be like, Oh, I got it over with for another year, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> but it was like a terrifying moment, a terrifying moment to go into that holy place because remember, they were under the law, they were under what we know as the old covenant, and there was not a lot of tolerance for mistakes or error. We see how even Uzzah, when he reached up to try to steady the ark that was being pulled by oxen on a cart and he just he just touched the ark and he dropped dead right on the spot so the jewish people were well aware of the glory they were aware of the requirements the strict requirements of god because sin was a deadly thing and this involved the covering of the sins not only of the individual jewish people including the high priest but for the whole nation, wow, very, very important day, so you could see how the nation in a sense were they were they were holding their breath like, okay, he's going in there, okay, everybody, you know be everybody be praying because we want him to come back out and everything to go well uh, so that their sins could be covered. so that's what atoning means. it means to cover mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. We must now move to Hebrews chapter nine. Now, of course, when you get into the book of Hebrews, uh, the theologians, you know, this theological talk, uh, Hebrews is one of those books where the author is not identified, but as the theologians, you know, I'd say probably 98% agree, there is nobody else who could have written this book besides the Apostle Paul. Nobody else had that level of understanding like he did In the same way nobody else could have written Romans except for the Apostle Paul. But we know he wrote, wrote Romans because it says so. And I'm fully convinced that he also wrote what we know as the book of Hebrews. And I want to read some things to you today from chapter 9. And this is concerning what would take place on the Day of Atonement and the role of the high priest. Now, we're in Hebrews chapter 9, and we're going to drop down to verse 1. It says that first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. Okay, so you had the holy place, but then you had the the holy of holies. There were two rooms in that tabernacle, and the first room were a lampstand a table and sacred loaves of bread on the table that would be called the showbread this room was called the holy place then there was a curtain and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place now when it says there was a curtain don't skip past that real quick you have to understand the size of that curtain the curtain was 40 feet wide 20 feet high, and the curtain was four inches thick. So this is not like just a little drape they put up, you know, like maybe in your house to keep the light out, you put a little drape over your window. No, this was a curtain, extremely thick and extremely heavy. And remember that curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place when Christ died, that curtain was torn in half from the top to the bottom. So there was an angel up there that just apart Whew, and there's there's great symbolism in that basically saying that thou we through the shed blood of Christ can come into that holy place which previously the high priest could only go into it once a year praise the Lord. Then there, it says, verse 3 again, then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the Most Holy Place, and that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, let me say this about the incense altar. Uh, theologians say, well, was it really in the Holy Place or the Most Holy Place? The It was a little bit of both. It was really in the Holy Place, but the, the poles, the two wooden poles on one side and, and the uh, incense itself were the holy place, but it also reached through the poles into the most holy place. So you could say it was in both. In that room there were a golden incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Now gold would also be a symbol for deity. Praise the Lord. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priest regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people uh, and for the sins, the people had committed in ignorance. So let me say this about sin. There are certain things that, that are wrong and you can do them. You're like, well, that, that, that was a sin. That, that was wrong. But there's other things uh, that can be sinful that you can do, and you don't even know that you've done it. And those are that's also why there needs to be the shedding of blood. Somebody could say, well, I haven't done any sin. Well, first of all, we know you have, <laughs> because the only sinless person was Jesus. So somebody could, could say, well, I haven't done any sin. I haven't, I haven't lied. I haven't uh, cheated on my taxes. But there can uh, uh, even if there were a person like that, And there's not. But even if there were, there's still so many areas where we can fail and come up short and sin, even when we don't know we've done it. That's why there needs to be a way to deal with the sin problem. And under the Old Testament, it was done through the covering of sins, through the shedding of the blood of innocent animals. Now, let's continue on. Praise God. Verse 8, by these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priest offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. Now that's very, very important. While there was a cleansing of the sin of the people, that inward conscience of a person, it was never really made clean. What is your conscience? The conscience is the voice of your spirit. Well, why would your conscience still not be made clean, although the sins are covered? Simply because of this reason. They're covered, but underneath that covering, they're still there. Okay, so that, that was the problem with the blood of animals. It's getting it's getting you along. So it's like a credit card. The Old Testament system was like a credit card where you're making purchases. And, you know, you're just paying the minimum balance. You're paying the minimum balance. How many of you know uh, that card is never going to get paid off, you know, and the credit card companies know that. That, That's why they like you just to make the minimum payment because you won't get paid off forever. So uh, it's still there. It's still there. Somebody is eventually going to have to come along and pay that debt off and deal with the debt that just keeps sitting there and growing because of the interest rate. And that's what Jesus did. And so what's amazing about Jesus and His sacrifice, it's not only able to cleanse and take away your sins so that the sins are gone. It, it totally cleans your conscience. Your conscience is absolutely, totally clean. That's how powerful the sacrifice of Christ is. Praise God. Now, verse 10, For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world with his own blood not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Glory to God. No more guilty conscience. It's gone. It's gone. That's how powerful the cleansing blood of Jesus is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 23. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. See, God told Moses to build The tabernacle with the holy place and the most holy place and have the manure, the lampstand, have the showbread, have the altar of incense. And then over here in the most holy place, have the Ark of the Covenant. See, he's telling him to build all of this after the pattern. What pattern? The pattern of the one that's actually in heaven. Praise the Lord. So see, when Christ died as high priest, he took his blood and he went to heaven with it. And he went into the holy place there. And there his blood was presented and placed upon that altar, upon that mercy seat that is there in heaven. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture. Praise God verse 25 and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal if that had been necessary Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began but now once for all time he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once. And after that comes to judgment. So also Christ was offered once for all time. As a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again. Not to deal with our sins. Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Mm -mm. So here's, here's the deal. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you walk with him, and that blood is cleansing you, and if you you blow it, and you make a mistake, and you say, Lord, I've sinned, I've sinned again, then that, and you confess that. Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, and don't plan on doing it again. You walk in the light of God, in His Word, and that blood is just cleansing and washing, cleansing and washing, and you have no expectation of wrath or punishment. Why? Because at Calvary, at Calvary, all of the punishment of sin was placed on Christ. My friends, sin is an awful thing. Sin demands punishment. God is a just judge. He can't just let it go because that would be a a character flaw to just say, well, yeah, I saw you do that. I saw you murder that person. But, you know, we're going to let that slide. You know, I'm in a good mood today. We're just going to ignore that. No, a righteous, holy God saw it. And there has to be a punishment for it. So somebody's going to have to get punished. Okay. So Jesus came as a sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice, died on the cross. And the punishment that we deserved for our sins, the punishment went on him. So when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you receive the benefit of what he accomplished at Calvary, which was what? the payment for and, and the payment of what the payment for the penalty of sin and he was smitten and struck with the wrath of god he had to be because sin demands what it demands death what are the wages of sin it's death wow and thus thus you have that statement in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 that the apostle paul made for he that would be god made him That would be Jesus who knew no sin. See, he was a sinless sacrifice who knew no sin to be sin for us. When, where, how at the cross, at the cross, he who knew no sin. It says he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when you put your faith and trust in Christ, there is a, there is an exchange that takes place he takes your sin, your filth, every, every awful thing you've ever done, He takes it, and in place of that, He gives you His righteousness. And in the mind of God the Father, He took it. Jesus took all of your sin, all of my sin at Calvary when He was on that cross. It was all placed upon Him then. All of it for all of the humanity. Those living at that time, those living before, those living now, those living uh, later, even those who haven't even been born yet. The sin penalty has been paid, but you have to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm. And then you can have an expectancy of his return, because when he comes again, for you, the believer, he's not coming to deal with your sins. He's already dealt with them at Calvary. Praise God. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and start living like a crazy person. Well, he's already dealt with my sins. I'm going to go out and just live while. No, that is an abuse of the grace of God. And you'll get in trouble. If you practice sin, you're you're opening the door to the devil. You're opening the door to the devil, and uh, he'll come right on through. He'll be happy to oblige you. So don't play with sin. Sin is deadly. Stay away from it. Stay away from it and walk in the protection and in the blessing of the Lord. Jesus died at Calvary to redeem you from sin and to also empower you to be able to say no to it and to resist the devil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. And we go to verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. See, Jesus is now our high priest. He's our high priest. And we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Well, how can I get in there, Pastor Stephen? How can I go into that holy place? Through the blood. Through the blood of Jesus. The believer, the Christian, is washed with the blood of of Jesus, just feels good to say it. Say it out loud. The, the devil hates it. Say it out loud. Say the blood of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God by a new and living way. Oh, it's very different, isn't it, from the Old Testament system where only one man could go in there once a year, and he did it with uh, with great trepidation. Ooh, ooh, if I do something wrong, I could die. Mm -mm. but we have a better way a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh see that veil was torn his flesh upon that cross as a sacrifice for us allowing us to get back into relationship and fellowship with the holy God he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, in other words, because of all of this, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Well, uh, Pastor Stephen, my conscience, I, I don't feel good in my conscience. I've done some things that aren't good. Well, you need to get into the holy place. You, you, through the blood of Jesus, need to go draw near to God and hang out and spend time with God and understand who you are in Christ and go before the Lord. If there's any sin, get it dealt with and, and understand it's washed away and also in the presence of the Lord and meditation upon what Christ has done for you as your high priest. Know also that your conscience can be cleansed from even the vilest, most awful sins. Mm-mm. And the Lord promised in this new covenant that your sins and your iniquities, he would wash them away and he would remember them no more. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a beautiful thing. Well, pastor Stephen, I, I still have memory though. I, I'm glad that God doesn't remember it, but I, I shall have memory. Th- that memory of that is nothing but empty ashes that have all been burned up and they can't hurt you anymore. I had a campfire the other night, and me and uh, uh, Kelly with uh, uh, the grandkids and our oldest daughter and her husband. We all got together, had a campfire, and it uh, started out with these beautiful logs. And the, the logs were so beautiful, and uh, uh, we get the fire going. But uh, two hours later, there's nothing left of that fire but ashes, nothing left of that wood but ashes. And those ashes can't hurt anybody. Hallelujah. That's all the memory of your past sins is is nothing but burnt up ashes, and you'll see that in Leviticus chapter one with the burnt offering, where the animal would be completely devoted to God, and the entire animal. And if it was a bull, even the skin, everything, the intestines, the all the organs, the head, hoofs, every everything. Uh, for those that couldn't afford to give the offering of a bull, it would be a, you know a, a, a lamb or a sheep or a goat. Or if you didn't have that t- kind of money to give an offering like that, you would give a dove, a turtle dove, or a pigeon. But either way, it's it's an offering because back in those days, uh, in, in those days, meat was a very n- a high-end commodity. So whether you've got the meat of a goat or the meat of a bull or the meat of a bird, hey, at least you've got some meat. So they give that as an offering It's very, very special. But that was a whole burnt offering. And that offering was for... The taking away of sin, and the person giving the offering would actually lay their hands on that animal um, uh, the imparting of sin into that uh, innocent animal, but the whole animal was burned up, and the only thing that was left was ashes that 's it. Well, I have memory, pastor Stephen, well, we all do, but the me- the memory can 't hurt you just burned up ashes, praise God, and God, God can give such a witness on the inside of your spirit by the Holy Spirit, that it's all gone and you're clean and you just draw near. Hallelujah. You don't have a guilty conscience or anything like that. I I tell you, this is something so far beyond the old covenant. This new covenant is absolutely beautiful and very, very powerful. Okay. I want to close with this. It says here, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith and our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This is the time to draw near. Now, the, the book of Ezekiel, and I want us to go there just for a moment. Ezekiel chapter 20. The book of Ezekiel was written in the year 571 B.C. So we're looking at a truth now that is about 2,500 years old, that the rabbis, the Jewish sages have taught this now, Ever since this was recorded in Holy Scripture, what God had the prophet Ezekiel say, they had an understanding of what was taking place when it was uttered and said, and this has been something they've known as a a tradition for about 2,500 years now. I'm going now to Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 37. It says, I will make you pass under the rod. Now, this is not a passing under the rod where God's going to hit you over here with this rod. You know, this is something that the shepherd would do with the sheep. This is not punishment. This is inspection. This is maybe what we would call a checkup from the neck up. But for the sheep, it wasn't just from the neck up. Uh, the, the sheep would pass under the rod one by one, one by one. Every tenth one would be marked with a red vermilion colored uh, type of a uh, uh, blotch that would represent the tithe that goes to the Lord. And the thing was, is that the shepherd just couldn't put them all in the pen And say, let's just take 10 of them and put 10 over here. That was a tithe that would not be allowed. They had to pass underneath the rod. And then every one that was the 10th, that would be set apart as a tithe sheep. So this is not anything to do with punishment. This is inspection. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Now, the Jewish rabbis have taught ever since Ezekiel expressed this, that this passing under the rod takes place once a year, and it takes place on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And I want you to be aware of not so much what we would call a sheep inspection, although that's really what was going on. The the shepherd would just, he would take that rod and literally run it through the sheep's fur. And just take a look, make sure there's, you know, there's no lice or ticks or these various things that a shepherd would know and the various conditions. That certainly isn't my specialty, uh, dealing with livestock. But they would know, and they would just, you know, they could look at the nose, look at the eyes, and they could look very carefully, and the sheep would then pass on by. And he would know, you know, that one needs a sheep dip or whatever the case might be, or uh, he could uh, he could get a good checkup on his On his animals, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. But on this day is a day that the Lord likes to visit his people, commune and fellowship with his people on what the Jews know as the day of atonement. Now, remember, this starts tonight at sunset. It starts at sunset. Tonight goes for 24 hours. And there's many Prophetic ministers all over the world that have known for years and years and a long time. And the mystics knew this: that the Lord likes to visit his people during this time, as as his people, the church, pass before the Lord during this time, not only as a body of believers, a collective body of believers, you know, the health of the church, the spiritual well-being of the church, but also as individuals. Well, Pastor Stephen, we can't meet right now because of, you know, coronavirus or whatever, where we're limited in what we can do. Well, um, the Lord will take care of the inspection of the corporate body. Now, remember, when the Lord looks at the church, it's, it's not just like a national church. It's a global church. So he look, He looks differently uh, from his viewpoint from the way we can see it in our limited understanding. But there's also the personal time with the Lord where the Lord loves to share Pertinent information with those who are informed. And that's why we studied the old covenant. That's why we read the Old Testament scriptures. We we dig into them. Why? It helps us understand the new covenant better. And Jesus we know is our high priest. And so the Jewish scribes have always taught on the Day of Atonement that not only is the high priest going into the Holy of Holies, but also the Messiah is also inspecting His people as we metaphorically pass beneath the shepherd's rod. So that's something that's going on within this 24-hour window. And all I'm trying to say in a nutshell as we boil this down is what Paul said back here in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near. Draw near. Why? Especially on that day, the Day of Atonement. Why? That's just a day that the Lord likes to give some special attention to the sheep, to those that are open to that. How does faith come? Faith comes by building a word foundation or a platform that you can stand on based upon Scripture. And so, my friends, this is a window where there is just a real easy grace. Why? Because there's faith for it of the Lord communicating to His people. So I would encourage you to do this. When sundown comes, uh, you know, don't wait till like Monday, you know, you know, it's like four o'clock, you know, the sun's about to go down and you only got a little bit time left. You're trying to rush to hear from God. No, I would just say, uh, prepare your heart. And when the sun goes down, recognize that this is that day when the high priest would go into, I mean, he would go the next day, but you're, you're now into the day of atonement because on the Jewish calendar, the day begins at sundown. You're now into that day uh, where you can be meditating on this and positioning yourself to have some extra quiet alone time with the Lord. You know, maybe you want to sit in your favorite chair where it's quiet and peaceful or your couch or something like that. Grab your Bible notepad. Just say, Lord, I'm all ears. (laughs) Lord, uh, take the rod, Lord, and uh, pass it over me. And uh, and remember, he's not going to whip you or hit you with it. He's not like that. He's a good shepherd. And he'll just take the rod. And it's like an X-ray scan. It, it's like you know the uh, these sport doctors. They they can do these MRIs on you. It's painless, doesn't hurt. They just scan you, and they can tell you, oh, you, you know, you you're, you've injured your knee or your elbow or shoulder or something like that. It's pain free. But the Lord can do these inspections. And he'll talk with you, talk with you about your future, talk with you about the upcoming year, because we have also moved into the new Jewish year with the recent passing of Rosh Hashanah uh, 10 days ago. So we are now in the new year. You want to get, you want to get information from the Lord concerning that? Mm -mm. Hallelujah. So it's a special opportunity. I want to encourage you to take this message to heart, draw near to the Lord, understand that Jesus, your high priest, would like to meet with you and would like to share some things with you. And I really believe that if you'll just take your Bible and you'll take your, your notepad and your pen, get alone with the Lord, spend some time there. Don't try to force anything. Just say, Lord, I'm here. And just pray and enjoy the Lord. Have good fellowship with the Lord. Pray in the Spirit. Uh, maybe you also want to get up in the middle of that night and spend some time in prayer, maybe an hour, maybe a little bit longer if you're having a good time and just say, Lord, thank you Jesus, you're my high priest. I'm so glad that we don't have to do this offer, this, this, um, you know, this thing over and over every year. I'm so glad that I have a clean conscience. My sins are washed away. It's once and done. Jesus, you, you did what nobody else could do. Lord, I, I'm just hanging out. Jesus, you're my high priest. What would you say to me concerning your plan for my life? Lord, there's some things I'd like to know. Lord, I'm all ears. I've, I've got my pen and my paper ready. And just have a good time with him. And I believe as you sit there, Up out of your spirit will flow revelation. Up out of your spirit will flow revelation from the good shepherd to you. Praise the Lord. And you'll receive what you need to know in this phase, in this current chapter of your life. Mm -mm. Now, for those of you, how can I say you've, uh, you're aware, you're aware of this. This is not like uh, something new for you, although hearing it again does re-strengthen the foundations of your faith. But what I'm saying for those of you that may be a little more developed, uh, be aware that the Holy Spirit could lead you into visionary experiences. That's not uncommon where that begins to happen. And again, don't, don't try to force something because you try to force something, the, evil, uh, the enemy evil spirits can accommodate that. So just go before the Lord, hang out with the Lord, And should the Holy Spirit begin to open that realm up, whether through seeing or hearing or even through scent, because even tonight while I've been ministering this message to you, I wanted to get it to you early. I'm actually recording this on Saturday night so we can get this out Sunday morning very, very early. I want as many people to see it as possible before sundown. Uh, This whole time I've been preaching, I've been smelling the burning of wood. And I, I know that represents sacrifice praise God thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah glory to God thank you Lord Jesus so we need to be sensitive prepare your heart and should that realm begin to open up just lean into it just lean into it and very very importantly after a visionary type encounter you receive something from the Lord remember a short pencil or short pen is a whole lot better than a long memory don't think oh I'll never forget that uh, you know 10 years 20 years go by you might be like now wait a minute what really no 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 write it down write it down and you'll be so glad that you did write it down and then you have something that even as the Apostle Paul told to Timothy wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have been delivered to you. In other words, when you get prophetic utterance from the Lord, from the Spirit of God, and you, you're you getting information from headquarters, write that down. You can wage a good warfare with that. This is the direction the Holy Spirit would have me go. This is God's plan, and you're dialed in on that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let us draw near with the true heart. Praise the Lord. Draw near. Draw near. The veil has been Torn wide open, you can go straight into the Holy of Holies before your Heavenly Father and enjoy rich and fulfilling fellowship with Him. Praise God. Father, I pray for your people today that they will take advantage of this special moment that we are in where in a sense, because Christ is our high priest, Father, we can come before you anytime, day or night, but we thank you that there's a, there's a grace during this time because this is when the sheep pass beneath the rod of the shepherd. This has always been that special time. And so we'll use our faith to Lord, Father, off of that promise from Ezekiel 20, verse 37 and 38, and also Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22 Hallelujah. We'll use this time to just draw near to you. And we thank you. We thank you that you're going to share some good stuff with us as individuals. You'll speak to that person who's going to draw near. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We all agree and say, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to read a verse as we're going to get ready to take Holy Communion, a verse from Psalm 130, and this would be verse 3. Praise God. The psalmist said, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities. Now, iniquities are a type of sin. It's, It's different from direct sin in the sense that iniquities are things that you do that are wrong and you know that you know they're wrong and just do them anyhow, <laughs> you know, like, and it's used iniquities also involve the Hebrew meaning of bent. There's a crookedness to it. It's, it's, it's just bad stuff. Okay. It's bad twisted things. If you Lord should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Well, the obvious answer to that is that nobody could stand. Nobody could stand. If the Lord is marking iniquities, We've all sinned, and even David said, I was born steeped in iniquities, iniquities passed down from, you know, parents and grandparents and generational curses and generational problems and uh, weaknesses and inherited things they struggled with passed on down the bloodline. And, I mean, the psalmist says, Lord, you know, if you should mark iniquities, who could stand? Well, again, nobody has ever lived a sinless iniquity-free life except for Jesus Christ. He did not have a natural father to pass all of that stuff into, the, into him. He was conceived through virgin birth, and the seed that was put into Mary came from God. Praise the Lord. So Jesus, he had Joseph as a stepfather, but his true father was God in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's how he also redeemed lost humanity back to God. Because the first Adam sinned and spread sin into the entire human race. And the devil said, I've got it. I've got the human race now. Nobody will ever deliver them now because they're all tainted with sin. There can't be a deliverer anywhere on the planet. Oh, but God had an idea. I'll send my son born of a virgin into the earth, and he won't have a natural father. God was the father. So uh, it's like now you've got another Adam on the planet. That's why the Apostle Paul said he's the last Adam, not the second Adam or the third or fourth. You kept maybe trying to do it, but never could do it. No, he was the last Adam. Everything the original Adam lost, Jesus redeemed it and restored it back to the human race for those that'll put their faith and trust in Him, <clears throat> if you, Lord, shall mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared, that you may be worshipped, reverenced, and respected. Yes, there's forgiveness in the Lord, but you have to receive the Lord in order to receive that forgiveness. If not, there's still the iniquity, and there's still the sin, and uh, there's going to have to be a punishment for that. So, if you don't know Christ, You're in hot water. You're in trouble. There is no other remedy available unto men for the condition of sin and the punishment that sin deserves except for salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you the invitation and the opportunity right now to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you never have and you would like to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart. You died for my sins at Calvary. You hung on the cross and shed your blood for me. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And let me be the first to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Now, if you're a Christian watching, but you're backslidden and you're far from the Lord and you're not in a good place right now, turn from your sin. Repent of practicing sin and come back to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I've drifted too far from you. Jesus, forgive me. I repent of those things I've gotten tangled up in. That are displeasing to you, please forgive me and restore me unto you right now. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. What a faithful high priest we have. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We pray over it and set it apart through this prayer as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior. Father, we thank you that as long as we partake of this, we proclaim his death, what he accomplished there at Calvary, the awful sacrifice of allowing all of our filth and sins to go upon him so that we could experience that exchange And receive His righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. We receive His body. We thank you that we can draw near. And Lord, we're going to do just that. We thank you for the Day of Atonement, that special time where there is the spiritual MRI. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. The spiritual X-ray of our spirit and our soul. The checkup. That we can enjoy. Thank you, O Lord. We thank you for wisdom, revelation, flowing help and answers that we need. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. Let's receive his body now. The psalmist said in verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. How about waiting in that word that you'll pass beneath the rod of the shepherd? How about waiting for that word? How about waiting for that word of Hebrews 10? We have a high priest. Draw near to the Father. Draw near. Mmm, confidence. He said, my soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. See, there was a night watch there at the temple. And they would be watching for the sun to come up. They were not allowed to go to sleep. Maybe you want to do a little prayer watch. Hanging out with the Lord, just hanging out with the Lord, as David said, my soul waits for the Lord. There's a great anticipation there, seeking the Lord. Praise God. Seek the Lord on this special day of atonement, Yom Kippur. I believe God has some special things he'll share with you. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, our high priest, once and done, never to be needed to be done again. The ultimate sacrifice, it is finished, he said, and it certainly is. He's paid the price. Father, we receive his blood now. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. So, my friends, on that beautiful buffet table of everything that Jesus has made available to us through the new birth experience, through salvation in him, through his shed blood, we receive the special blessing of drawing near we received the special blessing. Take it right now of drawing near on the day of atonement and passing beneath the precious rod of the loving shepherd Mm -mm. and receiving encouragement, edification, comfort, receiving direction, guidance, whatever we need to hear from the Lord, even correction, insight, praise the Lord. The Lord is the good shepherd. My friends, thank you for watching today. May you have a very blessed Yom Kippur. I really feel the Lord will pour His heart out to you as you seek Him with all of your heart. And thank you also for supporting this ministry as we are increasing through the television ministry to reach as many souls as possible. Thank you for standing with us. And together, together we're going to reach a lot of souls. Praise God. Praise God. Our goal is a million. Praise the Lord. I believe we can do it. May the Lord richly bless you. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.